Welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast. We're here to grow in faith, connect in community, and serve the world. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. Today we complete our Easter sermon series with the theme, We Are Made One Because Life and Love Win. I think it's such a gift to finish this series on this theme of unity on a Sunday when the temptation could certainly be there to be worried about the absence of leadership over these next six weeks as the sabbatical begins and we await for the arrival of Pastor Michelle in July. And to amp that up, I could certainly pick up on Jesus' farewell discourse here. I'm only with you for a little while longer. But besides being obnoxious to read oneself into the role of Jesus here, it would be missing what his point is in this chapter. Jesus is not pointing to himself and his glory. He's pointing to the disciples' mission in the world. And later in the chapter, he'll be even more explicit about this. He says, as you have been, he says to God, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Jesus is sending his disciples out with his mission, and he wants them to know that they are going to need each other. They're going to need their unity both as a means of preservation, but also as a sign and a witness to the world of the power of God's light and truth and love. These gifts make them one and stand as a witness to all of the divisions of this world, stands as a witness that there is, in fact, a different way. And so the gifts of any one leader in a Christian community should never define that community. The true strength of the community is always found in the collective power of their unity. In fact, some of you will remember back in January when we first learned of Pastor Lorne's departure and in the midst of that time when we knew I was going to be away on sabbatical as well, I said this in a sermon back then said, this is now my third call process for an associate pastor, and there have been particular uncertainties around each one, but my greater sense of calm around this process has little to do with individual leaders, including me. My peace and hope and trust in the goodness of this transition lies in the gathered community. The superpower of this congregation is never about individual leaders. The superpower is found in the bonds we share as the gathered people of Christ in this place. And I said, I trust that God will help us to grow through this experience and deepen our shared understanding of God's mission at Prince of Peace because there are so many people here loving and supporting each other, shining as a light to all that might come to join us in the many ways that we serve in this world. And then I continued by reflecting on something that had happened just that Wednesday in Bible study. I said, as we gathered that day with this news still fresh in our mind, yes, there was the news with a loss to grieve, but there was also a clear sense of unwavering commitment to our shared mission. And that day we shared concerns about people in need. We heard about invitations being made to new friends to come and worship with us. 
And we move back and forth between deep laughter and serious contemplation of God's calling upon our lives. So in the midst of a challenging week, it was a profound and grounding experience of the body of Christ. And just like the first disciples, God is calling all of us into lives of discipleship. And while that calling can at times be troubling because of the uncertainty of this world, it's simultaneously comforting because it's never a calling of solitude. It is a calling into community. I had an experience of this community just yesterday. In fact, my sermon was already written, and as we were in the midst of it, someone said, I'll also probably end up in a sermon sometime. I said, I'm not preaching for 12 more weeks. The more I reflected upon it, I thought, you know what? It's actually perfect for this week, so I'm going to fit it in there. So a few months ago, my nephew informed us that the piano that we had been babysitting for the time when he would have a house large enough for it had now come, and so this beautiful grand piano that had been in our house was going to be moving to his house in Columbus, so now we were on a hunt for a piano again for ourselves. And we were talking to our friends, Tim and Aaron Kuhn, about this, and we're out walking in the neighborhood one day. They live right around the corner from us. And they said, you know what, we've got this player piano that we, uh, that we knew because we've been in their house many times. They said, we're looking to get rid of the player piano. And Suzanne said, oh, that would be great. And I said, oh, player piano is really heavy. <laughs> and Tim knew this as well, which is why he hadn't moved it out of their house yet. So yesterday was the day, and our friend and neighbor, Adam Jeranek, who's crazy and always up for an adventure, was there with his trailer, and we pulled up to... Tim's house with the trailer, and I had Daniel with me, and his friend Luke, and Margaret's boyfriend Cam, and we looked at that piano, and we picked it up one time, went, oh no, this isn't going to work. It barely budged. So Daniel and I came over here. We got some of the dollies. We're looking at the dollies up in the loft, and we said, this is crazy. This is never going to work. We're going to destroy their floor, break the piano. It's just not going to happen. But then we went back. And there were two more people, Bill and Reese Heckman had shown up. And then two more neighbors showed up after that. And now this task that had seemed impossible was suddenly becoming possible. And those of us that were doing it had a crazy adventure together that we'll remember forever. I even had a couple pictures here, I think, to share of what it looked like getting it out of one house and into another. It's an example of what it looks like to make the impossible possible in community. Jesus knew that if we had unity, we had the power to do incredible things to literally change the world. We describe the difference of a community-focused approach to our lives in our description of this week's theme. We say, the victory of the resurrection frees us to move beyond self-interest to serve the needs of all. And when we know ourselves as one in the body of Christ, our sibling suffering is our suffering, and our sibling salvation is our salvation. To prioritize the needs of others because we know that they are one with us. Jesus wants us to be one of the primary signs of what it means to be his followers. 
He believes it so much that it's this last thing that he tells them before he goes to his crucifixion here in John's gospel, that they may be one as we are one. I saw another great example of the ethos of this at Prince of Peace this week. At our Tuesday school board meeting this week, we began with the recognition of those that are retiring this year from our faculty and staff, and among them was Prince of Peace's very own Judy Leamy. Judy's been an institution at Loveland Schools. She serves as the district nurse. And this means that she oversees the district's efforts to encourage and safeguard the health and wellness of all of those that make up the community. It's not just putting band-aids on kids' knees. And she's done this work at an amazing level. And so we were presenting the plaque for her that night from the board, and usually we divvy that up and each one of us takes different ones that we might know, but we were fighting over who was going to present Judy's because so many of us felt that connection and wanted to do that, so we all walked forward to present her plaque that, that night. And when I thought about Judy's effect and what she had meant to the district, I thought of my own personal work with Judy. So often when families were in need, she'd call me and say, hey, I've got a family, they need some housing. Hey, I've got a family, they need some food. And whenever Judy called, I always said yes. There are times when we're working with the discretionary fund, you're thinking about whether or not it's appropriate to disperse the funds at that time, but with Judy, it was always a yes because I knew that Judy had the best interest of those families at heart and she knew when people were really in need and that's why she was calling. So when I heard that Judy was retiring, I was understandably concerned about what that would mean in this key position, not just for our schools, but for our community. It's a position that I believe is more than a job that there is an inherent calling at the heart of doing this kind of work of caring for students and their families. Well, apparently God sees it this way as well, and the calling then for the new person to come began with a literal phone call. One of our members was calling Judy during the pandemic when we were calling all of our members, just checking in, seeing how things were going, and I'm sure Judy shared that day some of the stresses that she was facing overseeing the district's response to the pandemic. But then she also shared that she was going to retire fairly soon. And she said, you know, I think you would make an excellent replacement for my position. And it was not at all what the caller was expecting, but God began to work on her heart right away. She had all kinds of internal excuses for why this wasn't so, but God kept working on her. And God was working on her through this community, where week after week she heard the calling to live and love like Jesus by growing in faith, connecting in community, and serving the world. That together we're seeking a world restored with grace and peace where all means all, where generosity is contagious, and where love and life win. And God was using this community and its care for each other and the world to grow and to shape this calling within her. 
And so I'm happy to say that we also announced that Treva Lyke is now serving as our next district nurse here in Loveland. And I believe it's no coincidence that this next nurse, like the last one, comes from within Prince of Peace. Because this really is a place that lives its values through the various callings of so many of you that are strengthened and multiplied through the unity we share in a collective calling as a community rooted in the love and sacrifices of Jesus. And so as I go forward on sabbatical today, I go with confidence in the continuing strength and vitality of our community because of you. And I want to go echoing the same words I used as we launched the call process in uncertain times back in January. I said new leadership should always bring new opportunities and new challenges to the status quo. There may even be a moment or two of wondering what's going on and how did we end up here, but know that through it all, Jesus will be here as well. Jesus may even end up standing directly in front of you, inviting you to do something new, answer a new call as part of your discipleship in Christ. But no matter what the challenge, how scared or alone you may initially feel, know that Christ is not just calling you. He's calling a whole community to be the body of Christ together. And together, we will move forward living and loving like Jesus, seeking a world restored with grace and peace. God's blessings be upon each of you this summer. I look forward to coming back in August and hearing how God has been active in your lives and in the life of our community together. Amen.